This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in to MLB Extras podcast, Mariners edition. We'll be joined by M's reporter Greg Johns in just a couple moments. But first... Let's address some of the alarm bells that went off when the, the phrase teardown came into play when describing what the Mariners might do this offseason and what general manager Jerry DePoto might do. He's now out in California at the GM meetings. DePoto addressed the direction of where the team is heading this offseason as he spoke with MLB Network's hot stove crew early today. First, not uncommon that drama would follow the the first thought of (laughs) of starting to scale back but we do have we've had a a good team over the last three years we've had the fifth best record in the american league we've just not been able to get over that playoff hump and as we take uh, i guess a survey of the land in the american league and we see the astros in our division what the a's just accomplished this year with a good young nucleus of talent particularly on the position player side and a league that has the red Sox and the yankees and the Indians, we don't want to perpetually compete for the second wild card. We, we want to build a, a championship roster. How can we do that as quickly as we can? And we have a ton of talent, you know, with, with guys like James Paxton and, and Kyle Seeger and Gene Segura, Mitch Hanniger, Eddie Diaz. Too much talent not to be competitive. Now we have to figure out how to marry the, the competitive window and our talent. And now back here, joined by Greg Johns. And Greg, we just heard from Jerry DePoto about those rumors and sent off some alarm bells, I think, with Mariner fans. But safe to say that rumors of a teardown were a bit over-dramatized, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's in the wording. And, and DePoto's been really consistent on this since the, the day after the season ended. And, and you know, a lot of a lot of us in the media asked, you know, what's what's the plan going forward? And you know, that, that you're going to tear this thing down, start from scratch, you know, you rework, keep pushing what's, you know, and, and, and he said at that time, and he stayed pretty consistent with it, that, hey, we're going to make moves. We, we need to figure out where we're at here. We're in a tough spot. You know, we won 89 games, had a great season, you know, by win-loss record, but but can't get over the hump. There's some really good teams ahead of us. What are we doing here? What do we need to do to, to take that next step forward? And he doesn't see this as a, as a, a team that's going to just blow everything up. Uh but does he see it as a team that needs to make changes? Yes. So I think a lot of it's in the definition. Uh, the teardown thing, I think, came out because, hey, they're, out, they're out, out there looking to make deals. And they've made it very clear to other teams that, hey, we're willing to move guys. You know, what, what would you do? What are you interested in? And, and uh, you know, the, the, the word quickly spreads, hey, the Mariners are looking to trade everybody. Well, I don't think they're looking to trade everybody, but they're certainly willing to trade and that should be no news to anybody who's followed Jerry DePoto, who's made 80 trades in three years since he came to Seattle. Uh, not all of the blockbuster. In fact, most of them, you know, more minor league type deals, uh, working around the fringes, trying to improve the depth of uh, his 40-man roster and things like that. And he's made some blockbusters. You know, the Taiwan Walker, Cattell uh, Marte to get Mitch Hanniger and, and uh, Gene Segura was a big move. And, and we'll probably see, you know, maybe more of that kind of impact move, I think, this this winter. Uh, you know, they're definitely 
yeah, they have a, an awkward fit of some people with, with D Gordon and Cano kind of both at second base. Uh, now, uh, you know, where do they fit with uh, DH if, if Cano leaves? Do they bring Cano back? You know, they've got some tough, tough decisions and some, some people with, with value. They can, they can dangle some guys on the trade market and maybe step back, get some younger talent. Uh, but uh, exactly where they want to go there is what they're trying to figure out. And this is a franchise under DePoto who's willing to listen and talk and think and, and kind of go outside the box so, and I think that's what's happening right now, Darwin, is, is there, hey, what, out, what, what are other teams willing to do uh, with us? And, and then we'll figure out what, what works best for us. So is that a complete teardown? No. Will there be some significant moves this offseason? I think certainly yes. Yeah, and it's certainly, like you said, what presents itself to the table. You don't want to just make a move to make a move, but if there's a chance to make some changes within that roster and get over the hump, as you said, then Jerry DePoto certainly will explore that. Uh, I would think, Greg, that a lot of it would be based on getting younger, but not necessarily going to that full rebuilding mode. Maybe aging stars like a Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, those type of players, not necessarily phasing them out, but trying to go in a bit of a younger direction rather than the aging star. Does that seem like something that you think that Jerry's looking at? Certainly, and and it's basically what he said is we, we want to build around our our younger core. Their younger core isn't twenty twenty one year olds. It's it's the Mitch Hanigers, it's the Seguras, it's the Edwin Diaz, the Marco Gonzalez. You know, most of these guys are twenty five to, to thirty range. Uh, but so that's where they're they want to build. They want to get guys who move forward with that group. And whereas the previous three years, admittedly, we're trying to build around the. The Cano, the Cruz, the uh, Felix guys that are, you know, basically high money, which made sense. You, those are their big, big money guys and they're, they're talented guys. But at this point, those are the aging core. And, you know, basically, just, I don't think they're going to necessarily get rid of all those guys because, A, it's really hard. Uh, it's hard to move a, a Robinson Cano contract with five years and $120 million left. So it's not like you just snap your fingers and say, hey, we're going to get young. We're going to deal Cano. It's, it's not that easy. Uh Big money contracts, not easy to move. Is Felix Hernandez the ace of the staff anymore? No. He is still here for one more year at $27 million, though, and they're going to have to kind of figure that out. Uh, Nelson Cruz, I, I think very likely, doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Uh, that's that's where they're kind of moving on, 38 years old. Do you spend, uh, do you, you put out a one or two year deal at, at pretty significant money to bring him back? Or do you say, hey, this is where we start to kind of start to phase out that older group and, and go younger with that money, spend that elsewhere and really try to develop a younger core so you know th those are the decisions they're trying to make it's, it's not easy because they are kind of locked into some of those big money deals still and uh you know that, that's that's the challenge for this team that's why they're very open-minded as what they're going to go talking with mariners reporter greg johns and the m's do have a new pitching coach paul davis replacing mel stottlemyre jr davis spent the last five seasons in the Cardinals minor league system as a coach. What did the Mariners see most that they liked about Davis? What was the lure for him as he gets involved now in a, in a greater role with the organization? Yeah. Kind of an interesting hire to me uh, again, Jerry kind of going outside the box a little bit. Uh, uh, didn't bring in a guy who's, who's been a, a big league pitching coach for years. And, and uh, he's, he's brought in a guy who's, who's an analytics guy. He's uh, been a coach, uh, but not at the major league level. Uh, is with the with the uh, Cardinals and kind of their their highly regarded uh, analytics group, uh, kind of a, a group that's really gone 
to the, the next level on the track man type things and, and doing things with, with the video uh, and working with the spin rates and these things. And, and that's, that's Paul Davis. He's a guy who is going to come in with, with those kind of ideas. And I think work well, obviously with, with DePoto and Scott service, who are very forward thinking that direction. And also uh, Brian DeLunas and Jim Brower, who are the, the two assistant coaches under Mel Stottlemyre last year. So it, it's really just another step toward uh, the, the, the video analytics uh, group. And uh, Davis is, is at the f- kind of the forefront of that. Uh, and not, not a big name, but uh, it's funny. We we're talking to him yesterday, and he said, uh, "I said, when are you going to when are you gonna get started with the Mariners?" He said, "Well, first I got to go to France. I'm speaking at a European Baseball Coaches Association clinic over there." So I mean, this is a guy who's who's well known internationally. Uh, what he's doing and, and uh, is, is uh, now going to get his chance at the major league level for the first time, replacing uh, Mel Stottlemyre Jr. So, as the Mariners pitching coach. Yeah, well, he mentioned Jerry's certainly not afraid to think outside the box and make moves like that. So certainly Paul Davis, a reflection of that, but also in some ways part of the trend, like you said, with analytics and going in that direction more. Last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, uh, Lou Pinella was the manager. He's one of 10 names right now on the Today's Game era ballot for the Hall of Fame. Now, it's rare someone gets into Cooperstown from this ballot, but still an honor for Pinella. He managed the Mariners for 10 seasons, all four of the Mariners' playoff appearances in team history under the leadership of Pinella. So certainly an honor for him, right, Greg? Sure, and, and it's it's not impossible to get into the Hall of Fame that way. It was, it's, they've restructured kind of that, 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 that uh, way to get guys in that didn't make a, uh, the Hall of Fame through through the BWA voting. Uh, Pinellas was on the uh, Today's Game era ballot in 2016 when they last had that group, uh, which is basically for, uh, I think it's from 1980, p- people who retired from 1988 uh, on to, to present day, and he's in that group. Uh, he was one of uh, 10 in that year, and he finished third. Uh, two guys got in, though. Bud Selig was one of them, and John Sherholz from the Braves. Uh, Executive, yes, Pinella third in that. So, does he have a chance this year? You have to get uh, twelve out of the sixteen votes. It's a committee of sixteen, and you know I think he's got a shot. I don't. It's certainly not a slam dunk, but but Lou, uh, you know, he's he's uh, he won a World, World Series with the Reds. He you know managed the Mariners with their two thousand one season when they won one hundred sixteen games, and uh, as you mentioned, took them to the playoffs four times. The only manager in Mariners history to take a team to the playoffs. So certainly in Seattle. You ask anybody about Lou Pinella, they'll tell you he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, <laughs> nothing else for the way he, he kicked bases around and threw his hat. Uh, but Lou was far beyond that and really was uh, a guy that turned this franchise around when he came to Seattle and, and his success in Seattle was unparalleled. No question. Entertaining, knowledgeable, and successful. No question for Lou Pinella. And as we wind down, we just kind of bring it full circle here, Greg. So if the Mariners are going to go back to the postseason next year, first time since Lou Pinella uh, was the manager many years ago. Uh, where does Jerry DePoto go from here? What's the next move in this offseason, if you can get in his head? Obviously, you know, there possibilities are out there wide-ranging, but if you had to narrow it down to a certain area of the roster, what would it be now for the Mariners as we move into the winter meetings as well in early December? Well, like we talked before, it's it's wide open what he can do with some of these guys. You know, it's not going to surprise me if they if they make a big move and, and move a James Paxton or a, a Zanino and really get up a, a package of, of younger players. But uh, you know, if you want to pick a position that they've got to fix, center field, uh, Darwin looms to me. Uh, D Gordon, I think it's it's pretty established that they want to move him back into the infield, uh, and so they got to go get a center fielder. 
that's that's going to be an interesting spot to fill. You could put Hanniger in there. He, he can play center. They like him better in right, but uh, if you easier to get a corner, you could play Hanniger in center. So they they've got some options there. But uh, uh, I, I suspect uh, you know at some point we're going to see a center field move, or, or if not that, a, a corner outfield spot to really shore things up out there. And and uh, we'll, we'll see where they go from there. I, I, they've got they've got a, a kind of to me a domino situation. You know they got to figure out A before they figure out B and C, and then kind of where Cano and, and D Gordon fit in, and what they're going to do with all those guys. So I expect uh, to be surprised here, uh, Jerry, and, and probably not too long. He's made moves last year. Ryan Healy trade was at the GM meeting, so he was the uh, first guy out of the box with a trade last uh, off season. You kind of count on Jerry when the, when he's got something in mind. He usually gets it done pretty quickly. So. It'll be an interesting offseason, and I'm, I'm curious to see where they go. Yeah, we'll see what Jerry DePoto has up his sleeve this offseason. Greg Johns, we appreciate the time as always, my friend. Yeah, good talking to you, Darwin. For sure. Greg Johns joining us on MLB Extras. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.